Wedding photographers and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite, episode number one hundred and twenty-four. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Andy Bushami, the self-proclaimed professor of photographic pontifications in good company with the chatty Cathy of the Hudson Valley, Mister Jimmy Ferrara. Around for some kind of funny noise thing and i don't have it oh yeah and it's there was okay. even a delay on your response <laughs> Hi, good to be here because of the damn internet uh and also joined uh, by uh lindsey daddario the the good neighbor of buffalo <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> what's up lindsey he's gonna need to pick up some consistency here at some point Andy. i know i should like write that down but you know i've got the baby brain you know what i mean like we just had the baby so i'm like oh whatever uh, you know what I mean? we'll take it one step at a time um and Lindsay, uh you're somewhere not in new york you're not in buffalo uh you're somewhere else and you are with somebody else and you're just going to introduce this other wonderful person that we have on the podcast today yeah, so I mentioned on the last episode that I was heading to Vermont to hang out with a few other photographers from the New England area, and I've got one of them with me here today, joining us on the podcast, my good friend Carla Ten Eyck. And um, so just a little background, I guess I'll introduce Carla, how I know her and why she's here. Um, so Carla was the keynote speaker at the Inspire Photo Treats the first year that I attended, which was 2014. And um, during her presentation, I just decided that Carla was going to be my friend. Um, and <laughs> so just kind of made it my mission uh, to connect with her at the conference and um, afterwards through social media. And then uh, I guess as it turned out, she and I were both in Grand Cayman uh, the following spring for some shoots and uh, realized we were there at the same time. So we had a good old time on the beach that year. And I think that was kind of uh, what solidified our friendship. Um, so uh, Carla and myself and five others are here in Vermont doing a workshop and uh, we're here all week. Actually, tomorrow's our last day, sadly. But uh, at any rate, Carla's joining us here today. So say hi, Carla. Hey guys, I'm super happy to join you. This is so nice to see your faces too. I got to tell you while you're doing the podcast so nice to meet you both jimmy and andy hi nice to you, Carla. i'm Thanks looking at your website us. now thank you so actually i want a little, <laughs> i want a little more i want a little more background on, on carla just like you as like a photographer and all that like when did you get started how'd you get started and and how you know what's your what's your journey uh ben just because i don't really know you and did you are you the, did you take that photo Lindsay's profile photo or is that somebody else yeah that was uh, carla that was Carla. I did, I don't know which photo she's got. Okay, well, for well, her profile, well, but, I yeah. can already tell that that photo is amazing. I like love Lindsay's profile photo, um, and it's a super Thank super you. amazing photo. So that you already got you already got props for me already. But 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 who are, just tell me a little bit about more of your background, your photographic background. 
You mean that's not all? I, I could just get away with doing an awesome profile photo for well, somebody? Well, that's you... really all I that, <laughs> That's all I need in life. Yeah. I mean, like, I, if somebody uses your photo for their profile, then you're like, yes. Yes. Like, that just carries so much weight you're to succeeded. it, right? Especially yes. a photographer. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I've been doing um, weddings for about 18 years um, and went to RIT for photojournalism. Oh, my good Lord. There's so it. many RIT photo people. I know them all. I feel like I know all you people. I'm like, it's just well, so, the, the world is crazy <laughs> with all you photo people. Anyway, sorry, yes. RIT grads. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's, I love I love the excitement. No, most of the time people are like, who cares? But that was great. That was, that was a response I wanted. So, yeah. um, so I went there for photojournalism and then um, was super driven for and and like kind of had tunnel vision for that my whole life. And then when I graduated, I was like, I'm not sure that that's really what I want to do anymore. So just segued kind of back into weddings um, and been doing weddings and events and families and portraits for 18 years and had, you know, I ran like a whole uh, studio with four, four associates. I used to teach workshops every month for probably about eight years. And then I was one of the co-producers of Inspire. Um, we've since sold it to somebody new. Um, and that was probably about five or six years that we did that. Um, and then I do other photo conferences where I run the photo team and kind of, um, you know, corral photographers at these high-end luxury wedding and event summits that go all over the world, which is why I was in Grand Cayman and was able to connect with Lindsay that one time. Mm. So I do a lot of traveling, um, a lot of destination stuff mixed in with event work with, with that particular conference. Um, but then most of my base is in New England, which I love. So, And I also had a podcast um, that I need to revive that's basically just on sharing people's stories. Mm. So... Is yeah, it, not photo related. It, I was just going to ask that. So it's it's not photo related. Not okay. at all. Yep. No. Yep. No, it's just more about the connection that people share and kind of, you know, you you share this this wealth of friends and family and people in your life that you don't even know they have these terrific stories, but if you stop to ask questions and really listen, mm. the connections and stories that kind of come out of that are amazing. So everybody that I've interviewed for my podcast is people that I've known. Um, and they just wanted to share these like tremendous stories with me that I feel lucky to know. So Lindsay's inspiring me to revive my podcast and stop being so super, you know, perfectionist about it and just get the stories out there. Cause that's ultimately yeah. what's really, important. whether it's with photography or with a podcast or whatever you do, I think it is important to just get the story out and connect with people. So yeah. and put it out there that, that Seth Godin, I don't know if you follow Seth Godin, but he has, he talks mm -hmm. about like ship it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we, hundred oh, percent. And I'm like all about like, like I want to, I'm a perfectionist and I want everything to be perfect. But at some point you just got to make the decision. Well, it's going to be what it's going to be. And then you just do it and put it out there and whatever happens happens, you know? So. Yeah, that I ha I had that phrase at the top of my notebook at another ladies retreat I go to with photographers, and one person is super perfectionist, and I'm like, L listen, ship it, that's it. Yeah. Like that was at the top of our notebooks was just getting it done. So now it's time for me to just apply it to myself and and just get that part done because I just enjoy it so much. So hundred percent. Well, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> that I wanted. I just wanted to get a little bit more. You seem like an amazing, awesome person, and uh, we're glad to have you on with us today. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so so let's uh, let's just we'll we'll do our normal kind of roundtable of what we've been up to, which is just usually we take just a couple minutes and say where we're at uh, in our wedding photography season or what's been going on. Just uh, with us lately, we take a couple minutes, so we'll just do that quick roundtable. And Jimmy, 
Uh, Jimmy of the Hudson Valley, what's going on out there, man? How are you doing? What's what have you been up to? There's not not much. Um, <laughs> I just wrapped up the the best of uh, nineteen blog. Your blog kicked my blog's ass. Oh, stop Andy. It. It was, that was very impressive. That was a good blog. I, I didn't. I decided not to do. I think a couple of years ago, I decided just to do wedding. That's showing. I say, hey, here's the best of. And I only do that to uh, wedding clients, but it, because I, I think for the most part they they just don't care about studio portraits or lifestyle stuff. So I just I didn't I only do the best of for uh, for the weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, I should do a best of for everything else, and maybe I will. Anyway, wrap that up. Um, uh, nothing more than just gonna do a revamp on some website stuff. Uh, this time of year is just you know designing albums and stuff like that. Uh, studio. Stuff, uh, parties, booking that a little more and more, which is good. And honestly, you know, it's not the busiest of all seasons. So just kind of, you know, catching up on the back burner things, which is always like, okay, I got to do that. Got to do this. Want to update this part of the of the not profile or whatever the case is. And now's the time to do it because before you know it, it'll be spring and then everyone's busy. And year after year, that back burner stuff of list I have to do is still there. And uh, I want to hopefully get it all done now, you know, the next couple of months. So that's where I am. Nothing too exciting. Yep. Is the Dario? Yep, that's me. Um, well, as I mentioned, I've been in Vermont all week. So um, that's all that's really been new with me besides an engagement shoot I did right before I left, where I immediately upon the uh, like the first shot I took, I had knelt down onto the ground into a giant pile of dog crab. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I stood up after getting that first round of photos, and the bride was like, "Oh my god, I think you knelt down in dog poop." Oh boy! And it was like a lot of dog poop. This oh. was like a cute little puppy. This was like you know a mastiff took a dump, and I just oh. knelt right into it. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't. Wasn't laying there for like a week where it was just kind of crunchy, was it? No, and it had been raining a lot. It was wet and smushy. Oh, Jesus. So the the saving grace that I had there was that I was wearing uh, some rain pants because I knew the park was going to be pretty muddy and that I'd want to be kneeling down for a lot of shots. So I just threw on some waterproof pants beforehand. So luckily, uh, it's something that's very easy to just like wipe clean. <laughs> so uh, the couple suggested, so I'm like, oh, no, like, okay, we just started shooting. What do I do? And they're like, if you have to go, it's fine. I'm like, no, don't be crazy. So I'm like, all right, let's find some leaves. And so I like find a big leaf. And I'm like, this should work. Like trying to just get like the big chunks off to start. She's like, oh, I know. Neil. Yeah. Kneel down on the ground and just start crawling backwards and the poo will start to like, you know, wipe off in the grass. There I am on my hands and knees. Just met these people crawling backwards through the park trying to get the poo off my leg. Uh, uh, They they luckily are, they brought a dog with them. They're outdoorsy types. They weren't too grossed out. I don't think if they were, they played it very cool. Uh, so I was able to, get, to, you know, get most of it off. But, oh, so, uh, yeah, that's about all that's new with me. We've just been busy here having a lot of chats about uh, everything and anything photo related and life related. And it's been a nice, nice week to just relax and uh, soak it all in. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of poo, I'm um, knee deep in shit over here with a new baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andy You're welcome for that transition. <laughs> I felt like I had to take advantage of that one, you know? Um, yeah, so we um, we had the baby, and uh, it was pretty amazing. I'll try and give you... I could I could make this the, the birth story drag on pretty long, but I'll try and condense it to, like, the, the few-minute version. Because um, it was really um, something quite spectacular, um, just the whole thing of it. Um, so it all started, um, so, so the baby was born New Year's day and, uh, and New Year's Eve, um, we went to this party, whatever, New Year's Eve party and, um, we get home and then it's, so now my wife has given me my wife, Kristen, which she may pop in here any second now just to, uh, so the baby can say hi. His name's Mateo, Mateo, uh, for short. Um, but um, my wife gave me permission to kind of give give pretty much the whole story. I could say what I want, so I'm going to take advantage of that a little bit. <laughs> uh, but it all started uh, New Year's Day, about 7:30 in the morning, and she um, the the water broke, right? And but we were like, is this is this the water breaking? Who knows, right? So you you go through that whole game and like what's going on, uh, whatever. Uh, it ended up being the water, so we go to the hospital, um, and things started out pretty normal you know what i mean uh where where she we got in there um and they needed to you know once the water breaks you have to get the baby out in like 12 hours because if you don't um that's bad news bears just because they're that's what they're in and they don't have that in there so there could be infections and all kind of stuff so they got to get the baby out so we get to the hospital and she's like kind of dilated but not really and then they start they inject that pitocin stuff to help the contractions like kind of move along right so they inject that stuff to induce and things are going along and then she dilates, dilates, dilates. She gets up to like um, the 10 centimeters. They start pushing. And as she's pushing, um, what is happening is every once in a while as she's pushing the baby, um, the heart rate on the heart rate monitor is like going down. Right. So like it was kind of like intense like what the hell's going on and like for the first few times i was like well maybe the sensor just isn't on there the right way and like the nurses and doctors are like playing with the sensor like okay so maybe it's just the sensor isn't on there the right way and um and then it happened again and again and then it got one time was really bad where the heart rate really went down and and i was and then like five doctors come in the room i just like i'm over in the corner like what the hell thinking like that's kind of it you know um the heart rate goes back up um and they put the the sensor on and then and then things kind of progress things are going along and the the delivering doctor basically is setting up a c-section in the background because she knows what's happening which basically what was happening is the cord was wrapped around the neck a couple times so as my wife Kristen is pushing the cord is tightening around the neck and then the heart rate's dropping and all this kind of stuff is going on so the the doctor pretty much knew that 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 was happening so now, the thing is, is we, we decide we're going into the C-section and as we're going in, somebody messed up kind of big time because the Pitocin, so, so when you go into the C-section, they're supposed to do that, um, the uh, epidural, they're supposed to kick that shit up yeah. to like, to like knock you out, right? Or like not knock you yeah, out, yeah. but like really like, like dull that pain. But somebody inadvertently had the Pitocin like kicking on like when that happened. So she's like screaming out and <laughs> like the most intense contraction she's had going into that c-section the whole room clears out it's complete total chaos people are yelling at each other with who left that thing on you know the batosin right they go into the next room they didn't even let me follow i'm in scrubs and i sit there in this room for 15 minutes wondering what the hell is going on and i know c-sections take about six minutes 
And like, I'm in this room thinking like the worst of the worst, you know, like for 15 minutes, you know? Um, but basically, um, you know, everything went, so the baby from Kristen's perspective, she's in, she's in there and the, the baby comes out. Right. And she's like, why, where's my husband? Why isn't my husband here? And then somebody told her the baby came out and there's no, she doesn't hear anything. So the baby comes out. She's like, why don't I hear my baby? Where's my husband? Why don't I hear my baby? Where's my husband? And for like the first two minutes of Teo's life, he was not breathing. Um, so there's like this three point scale. Like, I don't like, I don't know. Do you know this, Carla? It seems like you're shaking your head with a lot of this stuff, but, um, there's, <laughs> I'm, so I'll, I'll look over <laughs> hearing what you have to say about, but there's this like three point scale. It's like the Apgar scale or something like that. And they give kids three scores when they come out, like the, like the, like one at two minutes, one at five minutes, one at seven minutes. The first one at two minutes was out of 10 was a two. He was that bad. The second one, he recovered really quick. It was a seven. The last one was a 10. So he was a two. Or the last one was a nine. So he was a two, seven, nine. So he totally recovered, but he wasn't breathing for the first few minutes of his life. Nurse comes into me where I was chilling in that room for 15 minutes by myself, wondering what the hell is going on, right? Thinking one or both of them, who knows what's going on, right? Nurse comes back in, tells me I have a boy. I lose my freaking mind. I go in the room. And now C-sections. What do you guys know about C-sections? <laughs> <laughs> what do I want to know. What do you What do you know? What like like before I tell you what I'm about to tell you? What do you know about C sections? Anything? I, I I know it's been 14 years for me, but and then 12 years, but I've been there. Okay, with my ex. I know. I know. Yeah. So like for C sections, I knew that they <sighs> like your guts come out like when they take the baby out. Like I knew that, but in my head, I thought of it as like this clean surgical procedure. You know what I mean? No, I go in this Ugh. room. I go in this room, and I'm telling you, it's a it's an effing bloodbath. Like it is, it's it is a blood. Yeah, it's a, it is a bloodbath. Like there's there's ten people around Kristen. There's doc these doctors and nurses with blood everywhere, like all over them, and her guts are out on the oh table. God, and 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 I go in this room. She's she's freaking out, screaming. But the boy was the boy was at that point when they brought me in. He's he's crying. Dude, I lost my freaking mind, man. I lost my mind. Like, it was unbelievable. So, but I go over there and they're like, take pictures, take pictures, take pictures. So I took pictures of Teo on the, on the scale or whatever. And then I go back over to Kristen and I see these two images are seared in my mind. When I went in that room, the bloodbath that I saw. And then when I went back to Kristen, the bloodbath <laughs> that I saw and her guts lied out all over the table, basically. So I go back to her and she's, they have her arms like Jesus, like out, out on the side. Right. And she's, and she's shaken like uncontrollably, like shaking, shaking, shaking because your guts are wide open. She's like aware of what was going on with that Pitocin thing. It was like real rough, man. Like it was crazy. Um, and I'm just like trying to calm her down and like telling her, you hear that baby crying? That's our baby. And that would be the only thing that like calmed her down. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, so, uh, it, after that, everything just kind of, everything worked itself out where she, she was in recovery for a long time. It's, it's intense, man. That whole thing is intense. Um, and actually one of the jokes is, um, so New Year's Eve, when we went to that New Year's Eve party, me and one of her good friends were talking about how stupid the idea of a push present is. You know what I mean? Like you get a present yeah. for, for pushing out the baby. Me and, me and we were talking just, oh, that's so stupid. Right. And Kristen was getting a little upset at me. She's like. It's not stupid, blah blah blah. Any after that whole after that whole thing happened, I looked her right in the eyes like that night because I thought I lost her or both of them. Like at one point, I just looked her in the eyes. I was like, "You can have whatever effing push present you damn well please." You know, like after all that, man. So anyway, um, he so we were concerned with him the first couple days. 
Um, he was on. He they didn't even feed him uh, because they. Basically, like when your body goes into shock and tries to save itself like that when he wasn't breathing for the first two minutes, all the blood goes to your to your brain, to your heart, to your um, to the to the main organs that it needs to survive. But your stomach, liver, kidney, all that kind of stuff is secondary. So sometimes those 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 organs aren't working the way that they should. So they just wanted to check that. Turns out everything's fine. He's a totally, completely 100 percent normal baby. Everything's been great. Um, We got him home. The first night was rough until three thirty in the morning you know, yelling, arguing parenting techniques with each other because he's crying. We don't know what to do. And we're like, he's, he's, you know, it was, it was crazy, you know, but ever <laughs> since then we figured out that we were underfeeding him. And we was, once, once you actually take care of the baby by feeding them the right amount, making sure that they're warm, doing all this what you're supposed to, he's actually been great. We've been getting like eight hours of sleep a night. And, um, you know, he wakes up like once, I think we've got a very easy baby <laughs> when it comes down to it. Like we're very lucky. Um, so that's my, that's my hopefully condensed baby story that sometimes I could no, drag good. on if I didn't, if I didn't force Hence. myself to make it short. So, Hence. Woo! but we're yeah. all okay. okay. Yeah. That, I, I, can I interject something yeah. there? Oh, Cause please. the, the yeah. whole time I'm hearing you, you're, you're telling the story like in a like very matter of fact way, yes. but like, did you and your wife sit down and like decompress about this? I mean, not that you really have space or time to, because you have a, you have a newborn, but like you're describing standing in that room, like, not knowing what's going on yes. in the next room, like, like moved me to tears. Yes. Like, wow. So, and, th- and thank you for saying that, Carla. Thank you for saying that. And I can, this is why you're an amazing human being. I can tell you right now because of the emotion that you have. And, and I feel like wedding photographers that are good, that are people, people like, that's why we're good at what we do. Cause we have that emotion, right. And all that God. stuff. <laughs> but, but yes, you're, exa- time out, time out. you're exactly time right though. You. And I'll f- follow up, follow up in then a second. Oh Here he is. Here's Teo. All right. Let's describe the baby. Describe uh, the baby cute. for the listeners. Wide awake, sucking the thumb. Kind of big. Oh yeah. yeah. Right? The I just timing of bringing baby that, that baby was... in the room is perfect. Like, I oh. can't even believe it. He's so 16. precious. Can Kristen hear us? No, I don't think she can. I can I can relay messages. This is this is great audio material yeah. for our listeners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll relay all no, this. Sorry, so everybody. Let's try to the video. Little, and, uh, little, yeah. The little truck. Kind of the onesies, um, right? Both stuff. I don't know. She's holding him left side arm. I don't know what else to say to the audience. <laughs> it's a cute baby. He's adorable. Oh my gosh, he's they, really cute. He's oh, just they just dropped the baby. They just they dropped the baby. <laughs> baby picked up. <laughs> they again. did not. They did not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to make it interesting. Oh my baby gosh. Baby has on. Oh my gosh. Okay. That thing's I have to grab my head like this. I know he's yawning. He's yawning. I'm tired. I want to go back where it's warm and there's food. Those are those cute little baby noises he makes. All right. That was so adorable. Oh, up, guys. Okay. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was, that was perfect. Um, oh my gosh! There she goes. No, but but thank you, but, thank you, Carla, for saying that because right now I didn't want to take like the whole thirty minutes because if I did and if I really get into like I I'd be bawling my eyes out because when it was all happening, it was an emotional journey of just like holy shit, you know what I mean? Like and and honestly, for me too, the thing is is like. You know, I'm. I think we all. I'm wondering, like, how good of a parent am I going to be, right? Because my dad maybe wasn't like the best dad, right? 
and and so the, these thoughts are all kind of kicking around in my head and like and then just like you know like having that experience um just makes me know like I'm, i appreciate it so much more you know like really like i appreciate like the life that that he has so much more and i'm and i'm gonna be the best dad that i could be because of that experience really so um <laughs> yeah maybe that wow. was yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you i make people cry that's yeah what well no <laughs> no it, i can't help it you made me cry though i gotta yeah. tell you and i have i have a couple things to say on this the you're the way you were describing the whole scene i don't know if you guys have seen the movie she's having a baby but that scene where something goes wrong in the delivery room and they separate them and kevin bacon's in the uh he's the lead and that song this woman's work by kate bush plays and it is the most gut-wrenching scene in a movie and i i warn you so like don't casually watch that movie after seeing this because that's what was visually was coming into my head and then in my heart i'm like i'm with you and i'm with her and i'm thinking like these are these like life-changing moments like that's how his life started with you is this like fear of loss of like your wife and your partner and your child all in one and then now all this is rushing back to you and bringing you back here the second thing i'm going to say is you're never going to be able to listen to cats in the cradle without bawling your <laughs> eyes out <laughs> warning that song is so triggering and so meaningful and deep which um I know this was something we were going to talk about is like the balance of, you know, family and work. Yeah, and this, that this is a song is transition. so visceral. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. such a visceral song because you, you, because I think as photographers for us, we have such passion for what we do. I, I can only speak for myself, but I yeah. know Lindsay shares this too, mm -hmm. where we just love what we do so much on such a cellular visceral level that it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go punch in, punch out, go work, you know, at Travelers or Aetna or whatever, and then come home and leave my job. Like, my job is everywhere, right? So I think something, you know, I could kind of pass on to you. And Jimmy, I'm not sure what your relationship with your kids and your photography is. But one of the things that I think has really um, grounded me and my family is I include them in my work and I do projects with them and yeah. I document them. And it's and I share the process with them, you know, with ideas and, um, you know, we art direct together now. My daughter's 15 and my son is 17 and going off to college next year. And so um, it's 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 a way to include your oops. It's a way to include your family um, with your work. And I don't know if you've really have you thought about that at all with um, with Mateo and your family and Jimmy, have you done anything? What do you, what do you guys have to say about that? Um, I, we talked about this last episode where I, Neil asked me, um, I don't push photography with my kids yet. My son's, you know, he's four, he just turned 14. So he's, he played football last season and he's kind of into the sports thing. I wasn't, which wasn't my thing, but he got me into football a hell of a lot more than I, than ever. And which is cool. And I've seen his games and I'm all into it. And, um, he's just, it just, that's just his crowd now. And that's fine. And at one point he was into photography, um, and little movie making at one point and my daughter's kind of the same thing. I don't want to push it. And they're just about, I think this summer, maybe I can bring him on some shoots and he's been on a couple of shoots with me. Um, and maybe I can get him to edit for me, at least call trying to just slowly getting into, uh, the, the, the world of what we do. You know what I mean? But, um, I, I don't want to, what I did do a couple years ago, I, I, I don't have any medium format cameras anymore, but I do have a 35 laying around. So, I put some, it's a Nikon, whatever. So every now and then I would just put, I would just shoot with it. And that's at least a few years old. So when, when I have four rolls of film, 
down in my basement is a working darkroom still. I have a little four canister thing. I'll develop those four rolls with them to show them the old school process. Hopefully that will just let the the world of a still image be a little more tangible for them and important because that's what we're losing is the tangible item, you know, and that's that's unfortunate. So uh, where, where Andy is now, I, he's... But you, you with me in time. Don't you don't hey, want to ever hey, push Jimmy? what you? Can you hey Jimmy, you just cut out for a yes. second. Can you go back to where Andy is now? You said something. Oh, yeah. oh, I was just saying, Andy, you're in a new place in life with the baby. So, you know, how, however, I would you know the more do keep the camera around the baby, of course, as much as possible. Well, and, one uh, of the one of the things. To. I want to interject to you, Jimmy, is that I was giggling while you were talking. I tried to not make noise in the mic, but okay. you, it's interesting to see the approach is more of like the child labor pr- approach of like edit for me. Yeah. I t- yeah. Like for me, I, I like my kids expressed a, a little bit of interest. Right. And I was like, God, that didn't even occur to me. I could have had employees this whole time. I'm so stupid. Right. Like, dang. Um, that was the first thing that occurred I, to Jimmy. I, I He's like, let's put them to work. Yeah. Hey, free work. <laughs> right. Um, I remember when my kids were little and a photographer was like, gosh, you've got, you've got these subjects in your house at your disposal all the time. And at that point I was working so much that I didn't find joy in photographing my kids, which makes me crack up right now. Cause anyone that knows me knows that's what I, um, that's what I love doing the most is photographing my kids. So what I, one thing I was thinking of is like, my son was really into basketball and I used to hate basketball. And so I then incorporated right. his love of basketball and my love of photography together and photographed him and his team and his coaches. And I even did these, um, these portraits of each player so that for senior night, they'd have these giant, big, beautiful oh, wow. pictures. So then it, it married my love of photography and his love of basketball and then made him feel really special and made the team feel really special and they really valued it. And so it's yeah. just inserting my, my passion everywhere. I can't help it. Right. And same thing with my daughter, like we'd have birthday parties where the girls would come and we'd just go do photo shoots down by the river in our backyard. And I, I think for me, it's more about, do you see why I love this? Like feel the love with me. And so, you know, that's how I, that's what I do with my kids, but I, I'm kind of like interested about the free labor angle now. <laughs> well, I think I, what you said was, I think my daughter's going to start doing more and more of that soon. She's almost 12 and, um, and I'm totally down with that. So, cause I have a studio here, they can have a whole little fashion show and do whatever they want and, and, and everything. And I, she, intense she's thinking she's gonna make a movie i talked about that last episode but when my son was doing uh uh, taekwondo um i would bring my camera to some of the the meets and then i I, at one point i saw i met one of the parents and she was just with her phone i'm like what's and i knew he was my son was friends with their son so i'm like that's your son right and she's like yeah and then she was trying to get some pictures of him like winning the the next the graduating level and he got to kick the board and all that and uh, I had my long lens with me, and I'm down low but on the ground level. And she's like kind of off to the side trying to get something. I go up to her, I go, I got this. Trust me. Go go have a seat. And I would give her all those images. And I, luckily, the whole place didn't find out about this because then they'd be like, hey, can you shoot my son too? And I'm like, no, I really can't shoot 200 people right. here. But um, yeah, I've done that in the past. And that, was, that got me into it, which I haven't seen in a while, where I'm doing something because I like it, not getting paid for it. And then I'm going beyond because I'm giving people something. And I don't yeah. want it. I, I didn't want any money whatsoever. I'm like, here, here's digital files, no watermark, go, take them all. Right. It was on me totally. And I enjoy doing that. 
I, so I have some uh, an interesting segue from this, which sure. still relates to you, Andy, as well, because I want to hear what your answer is. But one of the things that I, I'm also careful to do is to not gender stereotype my kids and be like, oh, my son, I'm only going to photograph you doing sports. And the girls were going to do fashion show pictures, which Georgie loves dressing up and doing that kind of stuff as well. But um, one of the, the more um, significant photo shoots we did was – a couple of years ago, we did a rainbow shoot where we went to the Goodwill and Savers and collected clothes in different colors. Um, and she came out when she was 12 as um, bisexual. And I am dating a woman. And so it was a very special thing for her to come out to me and, and to kind of celebrate who she was. And so we decided to do a shoot for Gay Pride Month in June. And we went around um, the city of Hartford and found backgrounds that worked with the color, like went to the firehouse for red. She was wearing all red. And so each day I would post and tell a story that related to kind of what we were talking about and what our coming out experiences were. And it was the most talked about um body of work I've ever done in my career. And I've done a lot and I have two books out and I've, I've been photographing a lot of stuff, done a lot of magazine stuff. And this is what resonated with literally everybody um, in my, the high end luxury wedding industry. I went to a conference right after I did that and everybody came up to me and kept saying that project you did with your daughter was so meaningful and special. And I was like, Oh my God, it was just a quick project we did in a day we just said finally let's just do it and it was so special for my daughter and for me and that's that's as far as I looked at it I'm like this is for us and then in, in turn it became a project for other people that really you know what I um, spoke to the whole you know what yep. I, f I found more with with all that stuff is just the more that any of our work can relate to the human connection like the human experience the things that we all have and all deal with and all anytime that we're producing work that that isn't just a pretty photo, but that revolves around the human experience. That's the kind of thing that's going to, that picks up all that traction and all, gets all that stuff moving. Um, so that's, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, like, like that kind of story when you mentioned that, it just reminds me of that. Yeah. So now, now you've got a blank canvas really. And like, I want to hear it. Like, have you thought about this when your wife was pregnant or before? Have you, you had like visions of like, Stuff, you doing stuff with your child and like do tell me about that like yeah. where, where are you at with that yeah so i really um i only want you know i wanted the, him to figure out who he is as a person um as far like generally speaking like so like yes i would love for him to to do the stupid things that i like to do do you know what i mean like or not the stupid things but the things that i like to do i'm a musician um i i'm a i'm a nerd and i fly fighter pilot planes and virtual reality like super nerd shit like that would be amazing if he did that stuff with me you know um but, but at the same time he may think like like 95 percent of the world he may think that's really stupid <laughs> you know like why would you spend your time doing that you know so like so whatever he ends up wanting to be i want i want to encourage that um and i have you know obviously like i'm a photographer i'm going to take a million photos of the kid like all that stuff's going to happen um, but I do, I'm kind of glad that I'm talking to you now and I'm glad that I just heard you kind of saying some of the things that you were saying, because I do agree with you. It's like, if that is one of my passions, you know, to include them in, in projects or coming up with things together, I think the more, the more that stuff that you can do, I think the more authentic the relationship will, will be with him down the road, um, and all that. So I'm actually, I was, as I was listening to you, I was like, because uh, I haven't really thought much about that because now I'm, I'm just, he's only like like a couple weeks old. So I'm just like in this like, 
this like you know crazy place of like trying to keep the kid alive <laughs> do you know what i mean with like between the shitting and the and the and the eating and the how much food and too how much is too less and not how much is enough um so but but yeah i mean i definitely would love to do like you know do studio stuff with him or but or come up with collaborative projects and you know as much as he wants to i don't want to i don't want to do that if he doesn't want to but i'll definitely try and encourage that if he's up for it you know like anything that, I, right. that i'm passionate about you know so right and I, I i do think there's a danger with people with kids with turning them into instagram content and yeah. instagram models and making things too perfect and like curating things to a degree that that your kids are going to become resentful mm-hmm. they're going to hate being photographed and so it's a very yeah. delicate balance i didn't raise my kids with instagram it came later um and luckily i, I feel like I don't even think it's luck. I'm going to stop calling it luck. I think the way that I've integrated my photography and the, my love for it with my kids has and sh- and involved them in it has created this kind of shared love of it in our family. We, my son used to not like it as much. Um, and then he started seeing like my daughters and both of my books and like, and he's like, Oh man, I, I kind of want to be in that. I kind of want to do that too. And so you know, he's slowly warmed up to it more. Now he's much more um, appreciative of it. And I just think that there is that, that line of, you know, forcing your kids for your business or for to, to force your passion onto them. But I think when it's genuine, like your love of flying those virtual reality, reality planes, <laughs> right. I saw it on your face. You were just glowed. You're like, I love doing this. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what I mean. It's like, if you, if that's how photography fills your heart, like, yeah, I get that day to day. And like, you know, like I'm sure if Lindsay chose to have a family that that would be um, her kind of approach would be just very real and natural and loving. And they, they couldn't help but fall in love with her even more while she has her camera in her hand. I don't know if you've ever seen Lindsay work. She's so fun to watch. She's so like calm and like excited and happy and lights up and like, what's not attractive about that. And for your kid to see your, your mom like that, is amazing. My kids commented all the time and they say, I think that's why we're so close is because I get, they, I bring them on style shoots and I bring them to do things and they assist or they model and they just love watching they me. They see our passion. Up. They, they need Absolutely. to see our, the passion that we have for life and for doing things so that they can, that can be instilled in them for whatever that, that yeah. might be, where that might be for them. Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like when I, what instilled me to be a passionate person really a lot was, was this music teacher that I had in high school and, you know, we just taught, we were just taught as kids to do, if we're going to do something in life, you do it a hundred percent. If you're going to do something, be committed to it. And when we were in that group and it was this, you know, stupid little high school choir group or whatever, but we went all over the world because it was really good the way, because of her, because of this director. And like, but we, when we were doing things and when I was in that group, everybody was on the exact same page. We were all fully committed to, to being the best version of ourselves that we could be. And while that was true for music, like that carried into other aspects of my life, you know, because so, it's because because it was a passionate person that that basically taught me that, you know, and I, as parents, I think the more that the more passionate we can be and we can we can, you know, show our kids, you know, what what that is, you know, doing something to our fullest extent, they're going to pick up on that. Kids, kids, I think they can tell they can they can see right through all the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like in terms of what what's real and what's not and. Um, so yeah, that's, that's cool. And, and, um, and definitely, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I've never been a parent b- b- before, but now I'm hearing things in a new kind of way when I hear people talk about kids and stuff like that. So cool. Yeah. Very good. Um, 
anything else or should I maybe I'll we'll uh, do a little. Yeah, go ahead. Lindsay, you had your hand up at one point. Did you have something you wanted to interject? Um, Excuse me. I was just thinking about our parents and like thinking of my own parents and, you know, you don't know how much time you have to spend with your parents Mm -hmm. and to be able to know your parents is a special thing too. You know, it's, it's not just about shaping the minds of the, the kids and inspiring them, but also about letting them know who you are at your core. And like when they see you inspired and passionate and, and then you're no longer around, you know, they'll remember the things about you. Like they'll remember like, Oh, dad was such a nerd with those airplanes. I remember he'd wear those <laughs> stupid goggles and like, they'll laugh about that someday, you know? I think it's important to let kids in and, and really know you. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, listeners do remember that we have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you, but just in case you forgot your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-weekly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. By wedding photographers. All right. <laughs> uh, the show goes live <laughs> r- roughly right. every other week. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review and Apple Podcasts, subscribe in a- Apple Podcasts, uh, just like um, his sleepy smiles did on March seventh, okay. twenty seventeen. And once again, I'm saying that because I'm going back because I didn't realize we had the international reviews. But this is one that I wanted to to read for a reason. Uh, and and this is they left all the stars out of all the five stars they could possibly leave. They left them all, and they titled it "Relaxed and Informative." And they said this. I really enjoy listening to you guys. It feels like having friends around talking about what I really like to hear. Having James Kelly on the podcast just makes it even better. I would give it six stars if I could. His accent is so sexy. I like a man in a kilt, and James's kilt is amazing. By the way, he wears nothing under it. I know you all were wondering. If you had not guessed already, I am his fiance. <laughs> but that does not make the above any less true. XOXO. <laughs> that's funny i was supposed to hang out with both of them when i was when we were in scotland but it, their trip got delayed and we didn't see either one of, the, of, of them which is unfortunate yeah so yeah. Uh, listeners you can leave us a review on apple Podcasts, and you can go to facebook and look for wedding photographers unite and join us there and hang out with us there and ask questions and go from there um let's see we were going to talk about um local communities and how local communities change over time um, and just the different mentality. I think we we're kind of relating that to, or no, no, no. What happened? You can't hear me. Nobody can hear me. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Hold, hold on. Here right now. Okay, we're back. <laughs> that was so much changing. Wait, that went wait do, you, do you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear that? Okay. Repeat. <laughs> that was pretty uh, was so psychedelic. Crazy. All right. Well, from from this standpoint, I think this recording's good. They'll just hear the the listeners will hear nothing during that time, other than weirdness. And I oh, refuse to go back and edit anything on these podcasts because I don't have the time to do it. So I'm sorry, but it's okay. Anymore, you don't. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, we were gonna we were talking about we were gonna get into like local wow. communities and how local communities change a little bit over time and with um I don't know we kind of related to the family stuff I guess. But what was where do we want to go with that? Well, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, and I think it's a very easy segue to go from, be, you know, becoming a parent and 
you know, how is that going to change how you spend your time and where you choose to spend your time, right? Um, and in Connecticut, our photo community was really um, active, especially with a lot of face-to-face stuff. Hmm. You're, oh, just kidding. I'm like, there's hand gestures. I don't know what's happening. Sorry. Um, so Connecticut used to have a very vibrant um, podcast. Uh, podcast. I'm so distracted by Sam. <laughs> oh my God, I said the F word. I'm so sorry. Jimmy with these freaking hands. Jimmy's put, doing all these hand motions. What are people supposed to think when they're trying to talk? And now, now she just swore, so I got to go back and I got to beep that out. So thanks a lot, Jimmy. Your fault all over again. I preface the podcast by saying if I do this, that means I'm I'm slowly tapping out and I'm doing that. So goodbye, folks. Okay. okay. Well then, okay. All right. Bye, Jimmy. We'll see you again soon. Thanks. Sorry thanks, Jimmy. We'll, we'll see you, man. We'll catch you next time. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Carl. No worries. <laughs> the photo community in Connecticut was very vibrant and um, active around 2007 and on. And it kind of reached a peak in 2013. I feel like then slowly dwindled down. I don't know what the environment is like in the Buffalo area, if there's still a lot of face-to-face get-togethers. It sounds like from Lindsay, every time we're talking, she's like, I got to go to this networking thing or this mixer or this whatever. It sounds like it's very vibrant and there still is a lot of face-to-face groups. Um, and I was curious what what you think, what can you both contribute, attribute that to in the Buffalo area? Why do you think that is? Well, actually, I'm going to let Lindsay, because you're the the good the buffalo good neighbor or whatever the hell I'm trying to say with that, <laughs> um, but it's your nickname. <laughs> you made it up. I don't remember what it was, but it's based on buffalo. Anyway, um, I the times that you mentioned though, I think Carla were interesting because I kind of feel like we did like our even our group, even though it is still very active and there's a lot going on, I think we did like kind of peak in like 2012, 2013, where things kind of grew and grew and grew. And then I think, you know, social media kind of like evened out and, you know, and it just kind of is what it is now, you know, with, with how things, things were ramping up, it seemed up until about that point. We still do have a a very vibrant community though, but I I feel like it's because we have photographers in our area that, that try to continue to make that stuff happen. And it's, and as I've mentioned this on the podcast before, Rochester is very close to our, it's an hour away. It's It's the next closest city, completely different vibe over there than in Buffalo. Um, in Rochester, everybody hates each other. There's all this drama amongst photographers, um, all this stuff going on over there. And there's very few get-togethers. And if they are, they're very small groups. But I feel like in Buffalo, we still do have more of these larger groups of people coming together. Um, and it's just a very, generally speaking, a very positive community overall. It's not like there aren't some that don't participate or whatever. But but I think like overall, it's it's been very good. But Lindsay, you actually, you're, you, you organized our main group, the Western New York Wedding Photo Chat. So what do you... What is, what's your take or thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with you that it's definitely changed. Uh, so I started a, a Facebook group for photographers in maybe 2009. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. Sounds it was about probably right. about 10 years ago now. And I just I felt a need for um, for friends in the community who do what I do and, you know, some coworkers, basically, somebody to hang out with and talk shop and share ideas. And that just didn't exist in our area. Uh, so I created it and it, I think it was a new thing and people were excited about it because the old school was very 
competitive and no one wanted to share their ideas because they're afraid they're going to like go out of business. Um, I remember applying to be a, uh, an associate shooter at a studio and the stipulation was that I had to take my website down because he wasn't going to train somebody to be his competition and all of that. And I was very honest, like, no, I want to own my own business down the road. And that's that was just the mentality back then. So uh, I think people were ready for a change and everyone jumped on board and we would have these monthly meetups and, you know, we had a bar that we went to every month and we would get, gosh, there would probably be 50 people in that bar sometimes. Uh, And we would have an annual holiday party, all of that good stuff. The online community is still pretty active. That group still, there's posts still every day for questions and referrals and so forth, but they're have been a lot of subsequent like other new groups that have popped up where it's that group is just not their scene. It's too big. It's too many know-it-alls, whatever. I like the variety in that group, but I totally understand why these smaller groups have popped up. There's one that's like just women who have, who are full-time and, you know, professionals. There's no amateurs in that group or anything like that. Then there's other ones that are all amateurs that I'm in. You know, I've kind of dipped my toes into a bunch of these different groups and they're all valuable in a very different way. I think there's room for all of them. There, Lord knows there are a lot of photographers out there now. And, you know, everyone has a special space where they, you know, feel a sense of community. And um, so I think that's part of it, Carla, is just like sometimes people find their own little subgroups. We ha- we've, done, we've certainly done that. We all met at a conference. And now here we are in Vermont doing our own little workshop with the seven of us. So, you know, I think uh, to go along with that family thing, you know, sometimes you just prioritize the people that you want to surround yourself by. And if there's uh, one bad seed in one group and you just if they don't bring out the best in you, then maybe you have to kind of find a new little a new little niche in your community. Yeah, I, I feel like the for me anyway, starting my business back around 2002, you know, there was the evolution of when blogging was the only way to connect with other people. There was no social media. So I went through blogging and then we had a meeting and then we found all these photographers that, um, you know, blogged and you were just like, oh my gosh, I'm not just, the only, I'm not the only one sitting in my home office by myself. And yeah. you had this like rushed community, right? And it was face to face. And that's when people would comment on your blogs and that was all you had. And then it transitioned to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And now I feel like it is easier. It's like a, it's like a double-edged sword where it is much easier to be able to connect online and still feel like you have a connection, but then it's also easier to feel like you're connected online and not actually leave your house and see people face to face. And I think that's, that's the thing is even, even being able to do this podcast and see Andy's face and see Jamie's face and your face, Lindsay, even though you're in the next room, ironically, <laughs> um, it, it does help me feel more connected because I'm looking at you and watch you. When you smile, Andy, your whole face lights up. It's so delightful to watch. I love watching you smile. Um, and so like, that's the thing I crave is I I love that human connection. And, you, you know, Andy, you said that right in the beginning that that's really what, what's at the heart of all of it for, for photographers is when it's about the human connection. And I think that's really what motivates me. So I'm trying to, I guess, adjust to the fact that 
human connection is evolving right now. And I, I'm struggling with it because I love that face-to-face. I love hugging people. I love feeling my heart pressed up against your heart. And we're just like there for a beat. And then that's so in- intimate. And that's what I'm known for, right? Is a lot of people know me for my hugs. Yeah, I Carly, love you're freaking hugging. amazing, man. Let right? me just tell you right now. I you are, wanna you are, me, I want to hug you right now, right through the <laughs> internet, right through Skype. I want to hug you. You're an awesome human being. But so that so I feel like that I just interject on that one. (laughs) We were talking about this last night about or maybe it was even this morning about the inspire photo retreat and Carla came up with this idea to just stand at the door and hug literally every single person (laughs) as they came in. Yes. Excuse me. And then she uh, came up with the idea to give everyone who was new at the conference a badge so that it said they were a first timer and you got to like hug all the first timers. (laughs) So because she's not she's not talking no yeah but you can real life but what i was what i honestly though what i was mentioning (laughs) just like i really feel like the like the best wedding photographers are not even the best technical photographers they're just the best people they're the best people that understand human connection and and care about other people and put themselves in other people's shoes and are you know those are the best wedding photographers in my in my mind you know that's why those are the people that get hired because that's who people want to work with um so many new photographers don't understand that and they're like they might be okay technical photographers and they're like well why aren't i getting any work well work on becoming a better human try and be the best version of yourself and the more that you do that the more that things are going to happen naturally without being forced and people are going to want to work with you and, and you work with somebody and then they're going to say, well, you got to have to work with this with Carla cause Carla's awesome. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how, that's how it works. You know, that's how the real world works. But it's a huge important part about, about, you know, being able to do what we do is just having is the human connection. It just is. Yeah. Think about the reviews that people leave you. You know, there's always some little blip about the, the photos were beautiful, but rest of it is all about the things you did that went above and beyond the way you made them feel the energy you bring they'll Huge. say the way you all made kinds them feel. of things about your character yeah the way yeah. you made them feel no, that, that right there they made me it, feel comfortable they made me feel organized they made me you know all of these different things that people mention and then you know a little bit about the photos but it's amazing that it becomes secondary to them as well i, I feel that yeah that i mean it, go ahead carl yeah no, no, you go. Okay, so I that, feel, I feel like, like, yeah, 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 because I feel like that comment, the way you make people feel is like the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. And I feel like it's the biggest, if you ever have a client that like ups after the wedding is like upset with you or doesn't like the photos or whatever, I can almost guarantee you it's not the photos. It's the way that you made them feel. I can almost guarantee you that it, that, that is it. And, and you know, from, from when people make those posts in these groups, they're like, well, this this per- this person came back and they didn't like this or didn't like that or didn't like that. It was like, yeah, sometimes sometimes that might happen with me in my business, but because they like me so much, you know what I mean? Because of the personality, because you put yourself out there, like it's, it's a non-issue. They're, it's just because, you know, they're going to, you know, it's this combination of things. But but that the way that you make people feel is the biggest thing for success, I feel like, in, in your business and, and not having issues like like after the fact and, and all that. So I don't know. Well, that's that's how many of us have had guests come up to you at a wedding and say, you're doing such a good job. And you're yeah. like, thanks. Yeah. And they haven't even seen yeah. one photo. Yeah. What if, what if, and I'm what like, if, wait till you see the pictures. It's going to, yeah, it's going exactly. yeah, to be even better. Right. right. And <laughs> like I was in a, a client meeting the other day 
And I was explaining to them how one of my biggest business struggles is trying to communicate all those intangibles that you can't translate into your Instagram grid, right? Instagram is like visual, color, tone, actions, what style, photography, whatever. But, but there's this whole other layer, right, that people don't know they need until they're in the middle of it. And they're like, wow, I didn't know I needed somebody that could just calm me down with the tone of her voice. Because if people are excitable and I want them to calm down. I just talk to them much quieter. And I'm like, all right, so now we're going to do this. And then when I want them to get excited, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do this. And yes. I'm like, you know, I'm like this energy, you know, controller with my clients. Yes. Um, but also you add in all those other levels of like making people feel, you know, cared for. Um, they feel like somebody else is in control. They don't need to worry about the timeline. I've got that down. How many people realize they need that from, from a photographer? Right. And so I was explaining this to my clients or potential clients that hopefully... I just knocked on wood that they hire me. Um, they were We were talking about that. I said, I could give you, honestly, a mediocre photo, but because we had so much fun creating it, that's what you're going to, yes. that's, that's what tints the photo now. You're going to be like, oh my God, we had so much fun doing this. Yes. And it's that because of how I made you feel. Yeah. We feel together. When and you so when they look at the that's photos, like, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at how did, they're looking at how did they feel when that image was taken. And that and that totally changes is it a from a technical photographer standpoint is it a great photo doesn't matter it's how the couple it's how they feel and how they felt and the memories that are brought back for them in that moment it's a it's huge it's so huge i sound like trump over there (laughs) sorry no no. (laughs) we're we're gonna keep going (laughs) (laughs) i know and i feel like i could talk to you about every topic for like 10 hours and just keep going and going. But, um, but I do, I do think the good connection between what we started with talking about was, you know, family, you know, you're doing your little roundup, but your roundup was not little. It was so impactful and meaningful. And it just like, I wasn't sure of which direction I wanted to go in. And that just set the tone for me of like, this is where you are in your life. This is emotionally where you're at and you're still in the tornado of new parenthood. Right. But it transitions to like this connection and your connection with your wife your wife, with your son, with your colleagues, with this podcast, with your community. It's like all these things, your clients, like all this stuff is just, it just comes back to connection. And I think that's, that's just something to really like ponder if people like listen to this and walk away and say, well, I didn't learn about, you know, the Sigma art lens. It's like, buddy, you're not going to learn about that from me. That's not, I can use it. I know how to use it. I master it. I'm a damn good photographer, but that I have zero interest in talking about those. Yeah. Um, but this is the stuff that fuels me because this is the stuff where you might be on your technical game, but they're going to remember me right? because of laugh, how much I make them laugh or how much we connect. And it's not, you know, it's not a calculated thing. I think it's just a thing to, you know, if you just get to know yourself and, yeah. and your how you relate to other people, I think that's really. Yes. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's a complete and total contrast to like what being a wedding photographer was in like the nineties, the right. Or the eighties where it was yeah. all just like, you needed none of that. None of that. Like, it was just like, well, I mean, it was helpful. I'm sure the people that had some of that did better, right? But like, it was all just about, can you technically take the photo and does it look good and is it exposed properly? And not, and it's just like all those people, it's so completely different from from what that used to be. And I think, in, yeah. in, and I don't think any of those people are around anymore at this point, right? I mean, it's like totally different. Totally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, anybody got anything else or we're, we're going on just about an hour here. Um, 
What have you guys been doing at the workshop? We have. I was just going to say, we were kind of talking about, so the other day we were discussing um, client onboarding and how to communicate to your clients that you can do all of these things we're talking about. Because you can't see that on your website or in your Instagram feed that I'm going to make you laugh and I'm going to nourish you and take care of your timeline and make you feel comfortable so we were kind of talking about different ways that we can let people know about that about us. And where where does that come in? How do we communicate mm. that up front to get people to hire us over yeah. someone else? Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting because one of the so, – so I asked everybody the question of what's your first point of contact for your clients? Like what email do they get? How do they find you? How do you – you know, all that kind of stuff. And the one thing I walked away from that um, kind of seminaring – experience with everybody is that I'm super consistent, right? Because my brand is about joy and and connection. Those are the two things that inclusivity, joy, and connection are the three things that really envelop my my business. Mm. Um, and luckily, that's just who I am. So it's very easy to, to, if you're feeling a little inconsistent in your business practices or a little sloppy, or you're not as like, you know, you're a little fast and loose and not as rigid with like how you approach everything. If you have that thread woven throughout of like authenticity of whoever, whoever you are, if you're wound up and clean, if you're whatever your thing is. But for me, it's like inclusive. I, I am fueled by connection and joy. So all of the things that, um, all those touch points were those things. And so I was like, okay, good. That's working for my business. Because I also think that's another thing that, you know, Jimmy mentioned that, where he's kind of in the middle of um, just kind of going over his year and doing his best of and all that. And I, I wanted to interject, like, go through and see what you did really well, but also go through and see what you didn't do really well and kind of do an audit of your business on what you can improve on and and what you're doing well, just so you can kind of pat yourself on the back and say, okay, good, I'm, I am communicating that message. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And so actually, when, when we, when we um, stop the interview, I want to go out and ask everybody else, like, what their three words are and what they, what their common thread is with their business. And if they think that that's, you know, translating through in your emails and in your phone calls and in your client meetings and in your work, because I do think that that is important. Um, God, did I just get off topic or what? No, that's did it. I, but that, I don't even know. No, I think that was on topic. I think it was right on topic and, and I, and super important stuff, man. Cause that, that I, that's probably, you know, I'm, I'm actually approaching, we're doing this for 10 years now. And I feel like this year I just, I'm I'm actually just like starting to like put get things where I want them to be, you know. Like I just like updated the portfolio and like the look and the consistency and all that kind of stuff. And but but those little details of like um of how people find you and what message are you saying? Because everything you do sends a message. The way that you respond to an email, um, like when I and I'm I always maybe overthink this, but I usually try and match the the couple. So like if they say hi Andy comma, but then sometimes I'm like you know what no I want my my brand to be fun. So I'm like hey Jane explanation point because that's who I am and that's who I, you know what I mean <laughs> like so but I but the but you those little subtleties matter in the way that we kind of communicate and like how many explanation points and is and is that too many cuz because maybe i cuz i'm thinking about like my manhood and masculinity to some extent you know what I mean? but how much should i really be thinking about that maybe i should put three explanation <laughs> points and all these things are like going through my head when i'm like responding to these emails and and trying to think about the kind of couple that they are and all that stuff based on the information i have right but but it matters all yeah. those little things matter in terms of our branding and how we put ourselves out 
We did talk about the exclamation points for sure. And we also talked about, you know, did you? Do I we want send to know. I want to know what did you say? Oh, of course we do. Well, we, we have to curate them a little because then you sound like a little bit of a spaz because yes, I do the same thing. Exactly, I'll right. send you an email. You'll see. Yeah. I'm like all excited and like that's actually true to who I am. But it can be but too much But it does look visually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's visually overwhelming. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yep. Is she so, shouting at me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I had I had to put myself in check about that. That's why I just mentioned that myself. Because like one time I was looking at my email. I'm like, I have an exclamation point after like every sentence. That's like. Bring, bring it back, dude. Bring it back like a step or two. You know, you put, put one in the beginning, one in the You're end. Here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, here. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guilty of that as, as well. But so one of the things we did talk about was client gifts and hearing if people did them or didn't do them and the people that did do them kind of what, what they did decide to do to send out as like a thank you that it really represented a lot about them. And it was so interesting because you only know what you do unless you ask other people. And so you know, I was feeling a little like, you know, some people get some fancy gifts from, you know, they think they're planner and they send out like Tiffany earrings or like all kinds of fancy stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just send pepper jelly that my, my aunt makes that she makes it for me. I pay her to make it for me. And she handwrites the label that says Auntie Donna's almost famous spicy pepper jelly. And she misspells the word spicy, which is so endearing and cute. And I don't tell her and I don't have it fixed. <laughs> and then I write, you know, a card that says, this is my jam. And it's like my, from my family to yours. And it's so true for me that I think if I sent somebody Tiffany earrings, they'd be like, Oh, I got to not swear. What the hell? <laughs> I still swear, whatever. Um, you know, what the heck is she sending us these earrings for? That's not me, right? For me, it's like, let's have a snack and it's like homemade and it's like, let's sit down and like get cozy. You know, that's for me, but other people are more efficient or more grand or whatever on their, you know, with what they send. So Lindsay, did you say you sent one? No. Yeah, I, that's what I remembered. Yeah, I was like, I don't send one. Do you, no, Andy, send a gift? I don't, to one people? And, and, yeah. I, and I feel like maybe I should, but I don't. And part, and so like part of my my business, I feel like is like based on like because I, I like to shoot a certain amount of, a year, maybe more than you should, depending on what game you want to play, you know. But I a lot, I try, <laughs> I try to just be myself. But I don't, I don't send anything. I don't. I just try to be efficient, and that's well, part. Of, it's you know, you never know. Your thing could become, so one thing I did do is buy, um, I bought a stack of children's books that I love. And so when my couples have babies, I send them a book of my favorite children's book because that's the headspace you're in now. So maybe that's something that, you know, you're going to find what it is, whether it's that or not. But I mean, I feel like it could be anything along those lines of showing your, showing your appreciation to your clients, because that was a thing that we did talk about is that we focus so much on getting the clients through our door that once they get through our door, what do we do? A lot of us ignore them. Oh, great. You hired me. Where's the new client? Where's the next client? What do we do to make these people feel at home and like they made the right choice? And I'm not saying a thank you gift is that necessarily like how many touch points are there after then you have them and where you want them as, as part of your family. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole other interesting thing that I'm kind of in the middle. That's kind of where my head is from that conversation. I keep thinking about it and and saying, okay, I want to keep kind of touching out, reaching out and saying, hey, I'm here to help you and guide you and, you know, into your day. And yeah. so it's just an interesting thing to think about, I guess, for me. I think what your end game is, is important too. So if you're the type of photographer who likes to take your clients from engagement to wedding, to maternity, to babies, to family, and have them as legacy clients for a long time. Something like a baby book as a reminder that, oh yeah, 
That was my photographer that I had a great experience with. And, oh, yeah, she does baby photos, too. Keeps you in their mind. It's just nice from a business standpoint. And it's also obviously very thoughtful. So, again, with your reviews and your referrals, they're going to mention that you did that one extra little thing. It doesn't even have to be a gift. It can be just a nice note or whatever to let them know that you're thinking of them. Yeah. I'm a big note writer and card sender. I love, I have a whole basket next to my desk of beautiful stationery I collect. Target has an amazing selection. And then I have fun stamps and I've got my return address little stickers with my kids on it. And I just, oh, you know, somebody lost a dad and I've got sympathy cards there just to be ready to connect with people in that way. Because I do look like to get something in the mail is very special. Um like I even got my girlfriend a card at the bookshop down the street while we're in Vermont. And I'm like so excited to send it to her Carla, because getting that card Carla, Carla, you is are, so special. You are, you are on it, man. You are on it. You are an impressive human being. I like you a lot. It's, it's, <laughs> I've, we've had a lot of guests on this podcast, as Lindsay knows. There, but there, I'll tell you, I, I already love you. I love you. I feel like I want to hang out with you. That What does that say about your personality that you're able to do that in a, in a podcast? We're only going on an hour and eight minutes here. And I feel like you're you're the shit. <laughs> I, I can't swear, and I'm gonna beat myself out. I feel like shit is okay. You can say shit. You're the shit. Don't no f bombs though, because then that I gotta take oh, out. Jimmy already made me do you. the one. <laughs> he did, but I, and I gotta tell you, Andy, I was so close to canceling. If I'm being completely honest, because I was feeling a little like low on my energy and like. Part of my struggle with the community is that I feel like I gave so much. And then now that I want the community and people aren't there or coming out, Mm. um, aside from this lovely retreat that we organize every six months, like this really feeds me. Mm -hmm. But I was like, God, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. Like, I didn't have a lot of energy. Lindsay, I think, noticed maybe when we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. And that's not my personality at all. I almost canceled. And then something kept pushing me like, just you got to go on and connect. And I'm so glad I came on yeah, and connected so with you. you. This too. feels like this Sincerely. feels so wonderful. Yeah, this is exactly what I needed. And this is what I yeah. love. This is the kind of podcast that I that I like doing. I like I like when it's just a casual conversation, like we're hanging out, like we're just chilling, hanging out, having the casual conversation. And this is what it was. And and um, I don't know. You're it. You've you've given me a lot to think about, and that which means you give our, I gave our listeners a lot to think about. And sometimes we are in those moods, and it just takes us a matter of, of doing it. And then once we're in it, then then your your true self kind of comes out, which uh, it really did. So thank you very much. Um, I feel like my worlds are colliding. Yeah, I and, know. I was and, kind of just wondering what this must feel like for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know? it's a little surreal because I know you both pretty well, and uh, you know, and you don't know each other, and yeah. here we all are. So although, it's although, special for me too. I like watching you two connect and just kind of <laughs> oh. sitting back and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was noticing like Lindsay isn't talking much, but maybe just because me and Carl are going back and forth so much. But but um, but I <laughs> but I do remember because you had mentioned Carl, I think years ago, like with that photo with the profile photo, and I was like, oh, who took that photo? That photo is awesome. And then you were telling me a little about the workshops that you do years ago. Um, so yeah, so it's nice to finally meet you, Carl. I can see, I can see, see why, why, uh, why, why I've heard I, about you the way I did. Thank you. Thank you. No. Yeah, and it's a, it's one of the things that, that I think is I'm mourning is also the loss of the workshop that we met at. Mm. You know, it was a really great um, space for people to connect, and it's uh, not happening this year. Somebody else bought it, and so it's a completely different experience that, mm. um, you know, I I don't go to it anymore. But I feel like that is one of the things that I am I've been mourning is the loss of the 
photography workshop and the photography retreat. Like there, I don't know how, uh, how active they are in your area. Are there ones up in the Western New York area at all or? More like camera club oriented, um, not uh, workshops as much as just come look at all this gear on a table kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's we not- do get some individual <laughs> workshops, you know, a photographer will come into town and, you know, a bunch of people sign up to do the workshop, but nothing official every year. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see if there's any, you know, any of your listeners like chime in and say, Hey, we've, we got this or whatever. Like, yeah, you could do a quick Google search and see things that come up. And I have, we did that. We were texting about this, right, Lindsay, yeah. about workshops. And then um, I think Melissa had, you know, told us about a bunch and you told about a bunch. And so I was like intrigued um, and want to look into it more because I do miss this, the collaboration and the, you know, getting excited to meet new people that share the same value set and are kind of in the same space, you know, doing it for over 10 years. Like that's a whole other group of photographers. Um, So it'll be interesting, Andy, to see kind of how you evolve with that too, because it's a, it's, I feel like people are dropping like flies in Connecticut. Once you've hit the 10, 12, 13 year mark, they're, they're transitioning out to other jobs. And I'm just like, wait, how do you not love this as much? Like, wh- how, where are you guys going? Oh, like, I love every second. It's like literally a handful. I, I love every yeah. second. I feel like every single wedding I photograph, I'm the luckiest person in the world to do what I do. I like love the, love the people. I love the moments. I love the interactions. I literally love what I do. Like I'm the luckiest person to do what I do and I have appreciation for every single wedding that I shoot. And I feel like that's, you know, and when you, when you're like that, when it's authentic and it's actually you, people pick up on that and that's what helps things continue to go. But, uh, I, I have no intention of, of leaving anytime soon. I'll do this until I physically can't, you know? I was going to say, you're always commenting about how you don't want to be rolling around on the church floor as, <laughs> yeah. as an older person. Right. So you must have some sort of, it's actually, I guess this can be our last note. We did have a, a question on Instagram last week from Molly Major asked us about what our like exit strategy was mm. and like how we saw the end game for all of this. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of you saying that like, you know, you don't want to be rolling around on the floor. And I know Carla sees no end in sight for <laughs> for wedding photography. I say that kind of tongue in cheek when I'm saying that because I do realize that like once I am like 60, less people are going to want to book me because I'm 60. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how, how real that is or not, but I mean, I still, if you, if you stay being an awesome human being, I think maybe, you know, you, you, it, it won't matter as much, but, but there is a reality to getting older that, that as much as we may not want to face is a reality. And so I kind of joke around when I say like, when I'm 65, do I want to be rolling around on a church floor taking wedding photographs? And, and the answer to that question probably is no, but maybe, I mean, if I can, and I'm and I'm and I feel exactly the same that I do now. I, of course, like I'll do it, you know. But if 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 the reality of getting older does hit me, then I hope that I have some other backup plans in place. And I'm I'm more talking from a business and financial long term standpoint when I say that. Like I like you know, do I have an IRA going? You know, <clears throat> and 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 you know, I'm renting other houses or whatever it is that you're doing. I feel like as wedding photographers, we need to have other backup plans going so that when the reality of getting old does happen. Um, we're still able to survive as as human beings, you know, in, in the world that we live in. Um, but but yeah, take take the physical part out and I would I'll keep doing this forever. Like as long as I feel the way that I do now, I'll do this forever. You know, as long as people keep hiring. Yeah. Me, so 
It's funny because when Lindsay asked me that question, if like that could be the, the topic we talk talk about or focus on, I was like, yeah, no, like I don't have a plan, but I, I have been thinking about that. Um, and I do, you know, I do see myself being a wedding photographer as long as physically possible. And a couple of things jump out at me because I think of that, oh, I don't want to be laying or rolling around on a church floor at 65 and struggling to get up. First and foremost, if I can't get up off the floor at 65, I got bigger problems. Like <laughs> I, so like for me, I'm like, I keep going back to, I need to take care of my body better and, mm. you know, focus on my health and stuff. So that just pinged again. So I'm like, okay, I do have to focus on that. Um, but then if you think at your core, like, you know, for people that still are caught, you know, kind of caught up in the passion of it and like, I'm never going to not do this like myself. Um, I do know, you know, no matter what job I do, I'm going to do it the best that I can, whether it's a waitress or I'm working in the marketing department at a college or I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're, working at a college might be a good transition for me. Mm -hmm. um, that interests me. Um, interests me but too. In, in, yeah. And my, and doing my podcast, if I could still do that, you know, to feed my connection need, if I can't photograph anymore, which for, for a job, I know I'll still take photos. Um, but it's, it's, it's good, Lindsay, that you stirred that back up within me that I'm thinking about it. What are you looking at? Oh, sorry. I shouldn't be asking those questions because people can't <laughs> listen. They can't see us, Carla. <laughs> I know, but the but sun just came out. Yeah. If you could see me right now, you would see this big burst of light coming yeah. through the window behind me. So I'm looking for a sunset is what I'm doing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Making my next move after we finish recording. Well, yep. speaking of which, <laughs> I think um, it might be a good time to wrap up. We're about hour 15, which usually ends up being about as long as I think anybody wants to listen to anybody. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, but thank you so much, Carla, like, like for coming on and, and uh, really, really nice to get to know you and, um, and all and everything. I, and so not only for our listeners, but for myself as well, because as soon as we get off, I'm going to be following you on your social media and all that stuff. Uh, but, uh -oh. but, but where can people find you and follow you and, and tell us uh, wh where people can keep up with you or any projects that you'd like to let people know about? So I'm pretty active on Instagram and my Instagram handle is C10IKE. And that is so that you know how to pronounce my last name, which is 10 Ike. Um, and so Instagram and Instagram stories is a pretty great space to see really recent stuff. My website is Carla10Ike.com and my podcast is Eyes Up Heart Open and you can find it on SoundCloud, I, Apple and on my direct website, which is eyesupheartopen.com. And now I'm super duper inspired to, to, to restart that and just simplify it and just not edit it as much as I have gotten caught up in doing. So thanks for the re-inspiration for that for, from you guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, where can people find you? My website is didario.com and you can find me on Instagram Lindsay at work is my handle. Why am I shaking my head, Lindsay? <laughs> Why am I shaking my head, Lindsay? I am not my website, Andy. You have said so many times at the end when I asked that you say, I am Daddario and I love it and I think it's cool. I think our listeners <laughs> love it too. But you do you. Um, <laughs> um, and my name is Andy Buscemi. The last name is spelled B-U-S-C-E-M-I. If you Google my name, all my social media and good stuff will come up that way. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we will catch you next time. No. Bye. 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 Yay. Yay. <laughs>